everybody. Welcome to the 20s Blueprint. This is Blake Jensen. Today, I actually want to really delve into real estate and just go to the simplest level of how to actually buy your first rental property because, especially in my industry, everybody wants to invest in real estate, but not a lot of people know how to do it. So a lot of people ask me, hey, can you help me get into my first property? And the answer is no. Like, People can't just say, hey, here's a rental. So, you know, it's good to know how to do it yourself. Um, you know, if you don't know the basics, which is why a lot of people don't get into real estate, you can get burned. You can lose a lot of money. You can over leverage yourself. So today I just wanted to simply talk about what I would do if I were you for your first property. I'll break down the numbers. I'll break down exactly how to get it exactly what it's going to cost you, everything. And this is actually an example of what I did for my first solo property. So, you know, I would write some of these things down. If you have questions about it after, feel free to ask me. But there are three things that I'm looking for when I'm looking at any property. Number one is, is it a good area? So, you know, for example, I, I work out here in Atlanta during the summer, and it's a little bit cheaper here than it is in Idaho. And at first, you're like, great, man, I could get an awesome property for cheap here. And then you, you got to step back and think, well, why is that? Why is it a little bit cheaper here? Let's see, it's super humid, which can really, you know, kind of break down properties over time. The bugs are terrible. It's actually a law that as a owner, you have to pay for a termite system on the property. So that takes away from your cash flow. And there's certain areas in Atlanta that are really ghetto. And if you're owning a rental, if your renters don't pay, there's not much you can do. You can try to evict people. But what's going to happen if, if you try to evict someone and they kick a hole in your wall or they burn your apartment down? Like, what are you going to do? You're going to sue them? They don't have any money. You're screwed, right? So a big thing is I don't want bad quality tenants. Yeah, I could go buy a trailer in the woods for cheap. Yeah, there's a reason it's cheap because no one's going to pay there. Same thing with our customers with sales. Like we don't sell in ghetto areas because they'll sign up, but they won't pay just a waste of money. So good area is huge. I want to be in an area where I've got really good tenants. I can trust them and I know they'll pay. Uh, second thing, good quality properties. The reason I only buy new real estate is I don't want it to break down. I'm buying these properties so that I can retire a little bit early and live off of them, you know, off of the cash flow I'm getting. I'm not going to have cash flow if these properties are breaking down or I constantly need to fix things or renovate things. I know if I buy a brand new property, it's going to still be nice and clean in 20 years from now, right? But if I buy a, a you know, piece of junk property that's, that's 60 years old right now, how long do you think that's actually going to last, right? You probably have to get a new roof, you know, get new siding, paint it again. There's just going to be a lot of things, wiring, plumbing. There's going to be a lot of things you'd have to fix. So <clears throat> with good quality, 
new properties, I don't have to do that as much. All right, so it takes a little bit of stress off your shoulders. Um, and if it's newer, you can charge more anyways. So that's why I look for newer, good quality units. That's number two. Number three is cash flow. If I can't cash flow from this property, it's not worth buying, right? If I'm ever going to live off of this investment, I'm going to have to make money off of it. So I'll show you how to run the numbers, um, how to get a good cash flow, a good cash on cash return. Uh, you know, a, a lot of people talk about cash on cash return from the stock market, from different investments. I'll show you exactly how to calculate that. Another big thing is, is who your real estate agent is. They can charge a lot of money for doing almost nothing. So it's really, you know, if you've got someone you know pretty well or, or that you're referred to, a lot of times these agents can help with the whole buying process for less. So I have a, I mean, even if you want, I, I could hook you up with an agent in Utah or Idaho um, that will do it for less. Utah, Idaho, Arizona. Um, those are the three states I've got uh, pretty good connections with. So <clears throat> that can save you some money. If you, go, if you know a good agent, that will help you along this process for a little bit cheaper than most. Okay, so the next step is, you know, you've you found a property that looks pretty nice. You ha you know a good agent. And if you don't know a good agent, you know, you can just go on realtor.com or the MLS to look at properties. And there's always going to be an agent associated with that property. If you click on the property and say, I want more info, a real estate agent will call you in a matter of like two seconds. So it's very easy to find an agent and you know build, build trust with them. Um, I just think it's a little bit better if you already know somebody. So say you're looking at different properties, you kind of have an idea of, okay, this is a good quality rental, a good area, I know the agent. What kind of financing or loans should I look at? Now there's a lot of people that use something called an FHA loan which means you can put down like 3.5% or less. I'm not a big fan of FHA loans just because there's a lot of fees associated with it. So what I would do if I were you is use a conventional loan. Now, most people, you know, put 20% down on a property, which sometimes maybe you can't afford to put 20% down on a property. What's nice with a conventional loan is that if it's your first loan, first home loan, you can put down as little as 5%. So you can put 5% of the purchase price down on that property. So here's an exact example for you. One of my, I mean, not one of them, my first property that I did solo without a partner was a townhouse in Idaho. And the townhouse cost $155,000. So it was a great price. It was a newer townhouse. Um, the previous owner had just redone the entire roof. Um, it, it's in a HOA little community. So they take care of the grass. They take care of the mulch. They, they cut the bushes. They shovel the snow. And they had just, you know, redone the roof. So... I knew that I wasn't have, going to have to change anything, didn't have to repaint anything, didn't have to replace anything. You know, you get an inspection and everything was great. Everything was up to code. 
So I felt good about the property. So I had an agent that I knew, a good buddy of mine, and we split his commission, which was great. I, I knew him pretty well. He said, hey, if you use me, I'm going to get this check that I wouldn't have got without you. So I'll, you know, I'll just pay you half of it. So that was nice. So anyways, I put down 5% on a $155,000 townhouse. So I put $7,750,000 down, which is nothing. I'm sure a lot of you guys can do that right now. That's less than eight grand, right? So that means I would finance $147,000 for this townhouse. To be exact, one hundred forty-seven, two hundred fifty. That's what's to finance. That's what I'm getting the loan for. And since I have good credit, my interest rate was 2.75. With a market right now, you can get really good interest rates. For example, on Claire and I's house in Utah, we got 2.6. So that's one nice thing with, with this downturn and you know how housing prices are going up really high. The way that the market equals that out is by having really low interest rates. So it's a pretty good time to, to get a loan. Now, if you don't have great credit, you could have a co-signer. Um, a little tip to improve your credit is use 30% of your credit limit and pay it off monthly. For example, if you have a credit card that allows $10,000, only use up to about $3,000 per month on that credit card. Because credit companies want to see um, that you are good with your money. So if they allow you $10,000 a month, you're only using $3,000 of it. That shows them that you're not over-leveraging yourself. So your credit will skyrocket if you could do that consistently. So um, that's just a little tip on how to get you know, a pretty good interest rate, better credit score. Okay, so I put $7,750 down, right? So my monthly mortgage payment was $601, okay? Pretty dang cheap, right? So my mortgage payment for that townhouse is $601. The only downfall of putting less than 20% down on a property is mortgage insurance or PMI. What that means is the people that are giving you this loan, they want to make sure that you can pay it off. So if you put under 20% down, they're going to charge you some mortgage insurance until you get up to 20% paid off. It's usually about 1% per year of what your purchase price is. So in this example, my mortgage payment is $601. My PMI or mortgage insurance was $116 a month. So my total payment is $717 a month for my mortgage and my mortgage insurance, right? Okay. For this property, I know in different places you can charge a lot more. Rexburg isn't a super, um, it's not a very expensive market. So um, say I'm charging $1,100 for rent. All right, my mortgage payment is $717. I'm charging $1,100. That means every month I'm cash flowing positively $383. All right, per month. That means just the first year, I'm cash flowing $4,596, and that's per year. So with only $7,750 down, 
you're cash flowing right off the bat $4,596 that year. So for in less than two years, you already have back your entire investment and more. So the stock market, you know, over the last hundred years, usually average around 10% return. And that's, you know, that's good. 10% is good. So this is how to actually figure out how much am I making on this investment, on this property. So how you calculate your cash on cash return is you take your annual cash flow. So if I'm cash flowing $383 a month, that means I'm cash flowing $4,596 per year off this property, right? Okay. So I take that yearly cash flow, 4596 and I divide it by my down payment, which was $7,750. Once you calculate that, you'll see it's, it's 59%. So that means on this property, I'm getting a 59% return per year. Now that's amazing. That's six times what the stock market will typically get you. And the nice thing about real estate is that it always appreciates. So with this specific property, less than a year later, it's already worth $20,000 more. So it's always going to appreciate. So that's what I would do if I were you for your first property. Find a, a condo, a townhouse, something that you could afford and, and put down 5% on a conventional loan. Make sure the numbers work. I, I always make sure if I'm getting a, a real estate property, I'm going to cash flow at least over 30%. Now, in this example, it's a 59% return, which is awesome, right? So this is great. So if you ever need help, you know, looking at properties or, or maybe you might want to partner on one with me, I'm always willing to look at units with you, look at pricing with you, um, tell you, you know, my opinion on the property. But this is what I would do if I were you for your first property. And then after that, since you use that one loan, you have to start putting 20% down or more on each property. So I hope all of that makes sense. Um, try to go over that as simply as I can. Let me know if you have any questions on that. Um, I'd love to see my buddies get into rental properties. It's changed my life. You know, I've been getting properties now uh, for about two and a half or three years. Um, and I own and have under my name almost $2 million worth of real estate. And so it, it started with a $155,000 property. And once you get the hang of it, it's a lot easier to duplicate over and over and over. And that's really the best way to build wealth because it always appreciates. You can always cash flow. People always need a place to live. And one of my favorite quotes they're not making any more land, right? So the, basically, look at this life is like a monopoly board. There's a limited number of properties there. So I would like to get them, and I will get them if they make financial sense. So hope that helps. Again, if you have questions, reach out to me. Wish you the best of luck, and I'll catch you next time on the 20s Blueprint.